the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Freedom itself was attacked this morning by a faceless coward. And freedom will be defended. Make no mistake. The United States will hunt down and punish those responsible for these cowardly acts. Uh, George W. Bush, uh, with some perspective on exactly what had occurred in New York on 9-11. This is the 20th anniversary of the Twin Tower collapse of Flight 93 uh, going down in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, uh, in an act of heroism by the passengers on board to keep it from being crashed into the White House or into the U.S. Capitol and, of course, the attacks on the Pentagon as well. Um, the Sunday shows had some interesting comments from political actors, most notably from California Governor Gavin Newsom, who on the final edition of NBC's Meet the Press, the final edition moderated by Chuck Todd, not the final edition ever, unfortunately, although Chuck Todd did a commendable job trying to ruin Meet the Press. He took it over when it was number one in the ratings and he leaves when it is last. Yes. But Gavin Newsom, Governor Hairgel, was on with Chuck Todd, and he said that uh, if Joe Biden does not run for re-election, that Kamala Harris will be the Democratic nominee. Oh, be still my heart, Gavin. He said, I think the vice president is naturally the one lined up, and the filing deadlines are quickly coming to pass, and I think we need to move past this notion that he's not going to run. President Biden is going to run. And I'm looking forward to getting him reelected. I think there's been so much wallowing in the last few months and hand-wringing in this respect. But we're gearing up for the campaign. We're looking forward to it. Uh, Chuck Todd then asked Gavin Newsom, what do you say to donors who are worried about Joe Biden? And Newsom said it, it is time <laughs> to move on. Well, yeah, it's time to move on from Joe Biden. That is uh, 100% true. Uh, here's uh, old Joe at the G20 summit, which a lot of people thought might be a place where you, you know, talk tough on China, mark your territory. No, Joe Biden is apparently uh, the world's biggest cheerleader for Xi Jinping and the Chinese economy. This trip was about, it was less about containing China. I, I, I don't want to contain China. We're not looking to hurt China, uh, sincerely. We're all better off if China does well. I, I want to see China succeed economically. I don't want to see them succeed by the rules. That sounds like somebody who might have a vested interest in China doing well. Like, I don't know, somebody who's gotten millions of dollars from China. Or somebody who China may know a bunch of dirty secrets about. You listen to any Republican presidential candidate, they'll tell you China is the number one threat. To America, to Joe Biden, no, they're a partner. We're not afraid of China. We want China to succeed. Ay, ay, ay. Now, 
elsewhere over the weekend, an appeals court, federal appeals court, uh, upheld on Friday a lower court ruling that said that the FBI, the Centers for Disease Control, the White House, and the Surgeon General had violated people's First Amendment rights by working in concert with and pressuring social media companies to take down content as it related to COVID and vaccines. This was at the appeals court because they obviously, the administration and all those other federal agencies, lost in the initial court when the state of Missouri sued them. Now, named in this particular action are not just the White House, but Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre and Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. Here's the ruling. It said, defendants and their employees and agents shall take no actions, formal or informal, directly or indirectly, to coerce or significantly encourage social media companies to remove, delete, suppress, or reduce. Now we're starting to get into Kamala Harris territory with stuff set off by commas. But you get the gist, right? Last month, Congress released documents that showed the White House had asked Facebook and other social media platforms like Instagram and YouTube to put their foot on the scales, to depress traffic to conservative sites and to manipulate what people saw regarding COVID. If you were Marty McCary, Jay Bhattacharya, other Doctors who were saying, ah, these vaccines, they haven't been vetted, they haven't been tested, you're taking them at your own risk. If you're not in a high-risk category, you may not want to take them. Those posts were deplatformed at the behest of the White House. So this is the second court in which the White House has lost. Now, they say they're going to appeal it to the Supreme Court. They have zero chance of winning that, but you win even when you lose, because when they go to the Supreme Court and when they get smacked down, and they will, just like they did on student loans, just like they did on affirmative action, that will give Democrats license to say, see, the court is illegitimate, and we need to pack the court. And if they win the next presidential election, don't put it past them. Don't put it past them. Yeah, but Joe Biden has said they won't do that. It would be bad for the country. Yeah. Joe Biden is obviously no longer with us. They put him back in his crypt and bring him out when they need to. But I think they'll be bringing him out of his crypt even less often now that he has embarrassed himself and our country on the world stage. Because here he is talking about the five questions he's been told to take from reporters except he can't find his list, and so he decides to just chuck it all and share with the entire world what he's planning to do. I will take your questions. Let me see. They told me they gave me five people. I'm just following my orders here. Uh. Waiting. Still waiting. Staff, is there anybody haven't spoken to? No, I ain't calling on you. I'm calling on you. I said there are five questions. I don't know about you, but I'm going to go to bed. I don't know about you, but I'm going to go to bed. What better way to convey strength, valor, courage, resiliency, boldness on the world stage than to fumble around for the five people whose names have been written down on a cue card for you to take questions from 
and then say, I don't know about you, but I'm going to bed. Wow. Now, speaking of that lawsuit where the Biden administration and others in his administration lost because they were telling social media companies what to do. Do you remember what the fight back from the liberal left was when conservatives were complaining before the court ruling that their content was being depressed? The fight back was always, well, sorry about your luck that you can't get your stuff posted on Twitter or YouTube or Instagram, but those companies are what? Private companies and therefore can do whatever they want, right? How many times did you hear that? No, no, no. It's not a marketplace of ideas. No, no. We don't have to air your crazy wacko ideas about myocarditis and about six feet social distancing being arbitrary, about masks not working. We don't have to air any of that because they're private companies and they can do whatever they want. Well, I think SpaceX and Starlink and Twitter and Tesla are private companies, but sure seems like Jake Tapper of CNN and Secretary of State Anthony Blinken want to order Elon Musk around. SpaceX CEO Elon Musk uh, has recently confirmed a report that's in Walter Isaacson's new biography of Musk that last year Musk blocked access to his Starlink satellite network in Crimea in order to disrupt a major Ukrainian attack on the Russian Navy there. In other words, Musk effectively sabotaged uh, a military operation by Ukraine, a U.S. ally, against Russia, an aggressor country that invaded a U.S. ally. Should there be repercussions for that? Well, here's what I think there should be, Jake. I think you should go start your own satellite Internet company and make it available to the Ukrainians if you are bothered by the fact that Elon Musk shut down Starlink because he was afraid that if they gained territory in their offensive, Vladimir Putin might respond with nuclear weapons. See, he owns a company. Like you used to say, he can do whatever he wants with it. They were the right words from the right president at the right time. A few days after 9-11, George W. Bush uh, standing on a fire truck, which had been uh, smashed by the falling towers in lower Manhattan. Uh, Karl Rove was a part of the Bush White House, and he joined Fox News today to uh, tell the story behind George Bush getting on that fire truck and saying the iconic words that we all remember. The moment that we just saw was an accident. A White House advance person named Nina Bishop, the night before, had gotten in an argument with her colleagues. She felt that when President Bush visited Ground Zero, he needed to speak, uh, and and her colleagues disagreed. So that morning, she decided to make her voice heard by, in essence, suggesting as the president arrived at Ground Zero, 
Uh, she literally came up to me and said they need to hear from him. And mm -hmm. she was absolutely right. And I went to Andy Carr, the chief of staff, and said they want to hear from him. He said, where can he do it? And I said he might be able to do it over there on top of a, of a fire truck that had been uh, collapsed by uh, debris falling on top of it. Three guys were standing on top of the truck. He said, uh, do we have a sound system? I said, Nina Bishop is getting a bullhorn. He went to talk to the president. He said, go over and make certain that that place is stable. I went over to the truck. Three guys are standing on top of it. Uh, and I said, jump up and down. And they looked at me like I was a complete moron. But they nonetheless jumped up and down. And uh, when they did, uh, part of the, the, the wheel cover was, was, had a piece of, of uh, debris on top of it, and it jiggled, and I went to move it, and a cop reached over and stayed my hand and said, don't move that, there might be a body part underneath. And uh, at that, one of the three people on top of the truck jumped off of the back and out of history. Two guys were left. Uh, I said, stay there, wait, uh, somebody may need your help. One, the, the second person dropped off. One guy's left on top of that truck, Bob Beckwith. President Bush comes over. Beckwith is sort of looking out over the crowd, not paying attention to what's going on under, underneath him. He, a guy yells up to him, hey, give me a hand. He reaches down, grabs the hand, pulls the guy up, and realizes it's the President of the United States and sort of goes, gets a little wobbly at that moment. The President gets up on top of the frame. You may remember he draped his arm over Bob because Bob is like trying to get out of there. And the rest, as we see, is history. The President was with a bullhorn, didn't really know how to operate it, was talking into it. Nobody could hear him. The crowd started yelling, we can't hear you. And the president had, there was no speech writer, there was no discussion in advance, there was no, you know, what is the right tone for the president to strike? The president said what he wanted to say, and the crowd, you heard the response. Yeah, we sure did. And uh, there are many stories of 9-11. You can, I hope, uh, watch uh, assorted documentaries today around the clock. When I say I hope, I don't mean that I hope you have time to do it. I hope they're still on and offered by various TV channels because we need to watch to never forget. Um, my kids, none of them were born when it happened. Uh, all three of them have watched with me those documentaries, talked with me and their mom about that day. Uh, it's exceedingly important, I think, for pride in our nation uh, to understand how people rose up and united in the aftermath of one of the worst days in American history. Uh, I want to read you a tweet uh, about one of those heroes whose name is not as well known as George W. Bush's, although a lot of people know his story because his uh, remarkable life story was commemorated in a New York New Yorker magazine article. This is uh, much shorter than that. I highly recommend you read that story about Rick Riscorlo, uh, who was the head of security at Morgan Stanley in the South Tower of the World Trade Center. Uh, the tweet says, this man's name and picture is Rick Riscorlo. 22 years ago today, Rick disobeyed orders and saved 2,700 lives. Uh, he was the head of security for Morgan Stanley in the South Tower of the World Trade Center, and he had warned that the tower's basements were vulnerable to attack. His warnings fell on deaf ears. Then in, the 1993, in 1993, an attack happened and people started listening to him. After that attack, Rick implemented regular evacuation drills using his megaphone to direct thousands of employees out of their offices, down the stairwells, and out of the building to safety. Born in Cornwall, Rick would sing Welsh and Cornish songs from his megaphone as he directed the employees out of the building. He would routinely tell all the employees 
in an emergency, no matter what chaos is happening around you, no matter what anyone tells you, leave your offices, go down the stairwells, and leave the building. Rick told his wife Susan that he suspected another attack on the World Trade Center would happen, this time by air. And 22 years ago today, that attack happened. When the first plane hit the North Tower, the Port Authority announced over the South Tower speaker system, please do not leave the building. This area is secure. Rick ignored them. The dumb SOBs told me not to evacuate, he said to his best friend, Dan. They said, it's just building one. I told them, I'm getting my people out of here. And so Rick picked up the megaphone, as he had done so many times before, told him told his employees not to listen to orders, and directed them out of the building. His Cornish songs helped keep their nerves calm as they evacuated, even after the second plane hit their tower. Once he had successfully evacuated his employees, Rick went back to look for survivors. But first, he called his wife Susan. Stop crying, he said. I have to get these people out safely. If something should happen to me, I want you to know I've never been happier. You made my life. Rick rushed back into the South Tower, and that was the last time anyone saw him alive. All but six of the more than 2,700 Morgan Stanley employees survived the attacks on the World Trade Center. Had they obeyed the Port Authority police, they would all be dead. Thankfully, they listened to Rick instead. Rest in peace, Rick, and thank you for your service. There are a lot of stories like that, some we know, some we don't know. Uh, Those of us who lived through 9-11, it is a day we'll never forget. Uh, It, to me, epitomized the best of America, a willingness to put aside personal, political animus and unite because that day, what we often say, became true. We all are Americans. We all are the United States of America. I don't know if we could ever recapture that mindset again. I fear that any future domestic terrorist attack will be met with much more instant finger-pointing and blame-shifting than occurred after 9-11. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I never find out. But that is the mentality that I see today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.